Welcome to Trapping Radio, guys. This is Clint Locklear, and we have Jeff Dunlap tonight, and he has no idea what he's in, uh, involved in on tonight's show, but we will find it entertaining, I'm sure. And since he's here, and I'll tell you why Jeff's here, is I was having trouble coming up with a topic today, and I called Jeff and just seen what was going on on the Trapping Talk or whatever, what are people talking about, and he basically volunteered to BS talking about trapping for an hour, so... I kind of tricked him into doing something, so he just doesn't know what it is yet. We'll get into that. You set the trap, and I stepped in. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm a trapper man. Before we do, <laughs> I've me, been trapped before. Let me, let me tell you this crazy story that just happened to me. I'm sitting on the eastern side of IGA here in Rockwood. We didn't have any cat food. Cindy said, "Go get cat food," and I didn't know when you were going to be ready. So I'm in line. I've got my tank top on, and I, someone taps me on the shoulder, and I turn around, and it's like a 75-year-old blue-haired lady, and she's like five foot one, and she goes, do you play ball somewhere? I know, she said, what team are you on? And my first thought was, well, I don't play for the other team if we're talking about sex. That made, you know, just... That's well, I didn't say that out loud, but my brain's trying to figure out what team, you know, uh, you know, because my smart aleck side was going to be, well, I'm definitely for the lesbian side, but uh, I didn't say that, and, and she, I could tell by her face she was being serious, so I went, uh, I play for the train, and she goes, the train? What team is that? I said, the Trump train. And she kind of like put her head back a little bit and started laughing. And there was a lady behind her about 30 years old. And she just went, F yeah. And I'm like, I know that I'm in the right place. <laughs> but it's, it's going to get, get the sponsors out of the way. And since you're on here, I'm going to let you do the sponsors. Can you do that? Uh... I will name them off, and you get to praise them. How about that? <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Since you were just with him, Funky Trap Tags and Supplies. They, uh, it, Alan has, and Jody have a real good company. Um, you know, the real nice people. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of the same trapping supplies out there. Um, you know, so, I mean, if you're going to buy trap supplies also you might and if you could buy it off multiple people you might as well go with a good person you know and alan's a good guy that's good i can't wait to hear what you and say about f and t now 2.0 what i just said <laughs> <laughs> good people buy from good people f and t good people is that kind of what you're saying yeah yeah you know, i mean uh i mean you take like duke traps you can buy multiple duke I do traps for multiple people through the United States. Uh, you know, if you got a good person, you, you know, that's what I deal with. I, I would, I would pay five dollars more to buy off, and they are five dollars more, but I pay five dollars more to buy off a good person than a dipshit. You know, somebody's been is a mean person or vindictive or something like that. I can that's see that. Me, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. You, you, you know, I would. I, I know it too. Yeah. <laughs> so, what about Oki Cable and Trap? Another good guy. Um, I deal with Jed. Jebel, I guess I should get his name right, not Jed. 
jab. But uh, Oki is a real good guy. Um, you know, uh, I haven't dealt with him a lot. I've, you know, bought some uh, lure making supplies off of him before. And uh, whatever he told me has always been that way. And everybody I've ever talked to that's dealt with him has, uh, you know, said good things to say about him. So, in my opinion, you put him in the win category. And if he wasn't in the win category, he wouldn't be a sponsor on this show. So. I guarantee you that. Now, the last one is this company that I don't know that much about. It's called Dunlap Lures. I thought you were going to say Predator Control Group. <laughs> I was going to go, I don't know. He's pretty shaky. <laughs> I just appreciate everybody using uh, that uses my product. And, uh, you know, I mean, like I say, there's other products you can buy and use out there. And I appreciate that they, uh, you know, use mine and, you know, uh, I mean, our, our the whole Dunlap family, me, Kayla, Mitchell, you know, Aubrey, Mason, we all appreciate it. You know, it's a family business. And, you know, because uh, the other people buy our, our products and stuff, I mean, they the thing is, is they repeatedly, most people, you know, repeat buy. But, you know, it's great for us because it, it makes where our family gets to spend a lot of time together. If we all had to have different stuff that we were doing, like, you know, I worked in a, a shop and Mitchell worked on we wouldn't get the quality time and you know it, it means everything to me to be able to do that so yep. i do appreciate it. so when i say i do appreciate it when i'm getting spent time with my grandkids and stuff i really do mean i appreciate it i really do i can tell that yeah good deal okay so he, here's what the show's gonna be i'm gonna play instead of dr phil i'm gonna be dr clint and I'm going to ask you a series of questions that I wrote down and then you don't know what they are because I know you don't and then you're just going to have to off the top of your head come up with answers some of them are going to be serious and some of them not so serious (laughs) are you ready? Okay, question. Three most important things about coyote trapping. Uh, location. The right bait and lure uh, at the time of year. Getting them to stop. If you're trapping big timber, you get them to stop. Okay, so when you're saying the right location, what, what do you mean by that? Uh, you know, uh, uh, not just, uh, you know, I'm encompassing everything because I only got three picks. So, <laughs> you know, like uh, if you come up to a corner, you know, I mean, you could set anywhere on that corner, but to set with the predominant wind, you know, hitting that so that it's going to cover the whole corner. You know, or, you know, you can put a couple sets in, but, I'm, you know, I'm always going to put my sets in to try and get that that predominant wind to blow across that to get them to stop. You know? okay. So, you know, it would be the, the location where they're traveling, but the locations to get them to, you know, they're going to smell the set and not just run by, you know. And when you say right, right baits and lures besides predator control groups, what do you mean? I mean, you know, good quality baits and lures, you know. Um, you know, I mean... Somebody's caught for the you know spent their you know their lives you know doing this um, you know and you you know you 
because when you're buying the baits and lures, you know, you're, you're a lot of times you're buying the person. So that's you true. know, I mean, when I'm, I'm standing there at the booth and somebody walks up and doesn't know me and they're talking to me, they're they're not they don't know what's in that bottle. They don't know me. When they're talking to me, they're they're buying me, and uh, you know, and then they'll reorder if they catch something. But you know, if they don't believe in the person they're buying off of, they ain't gonna buy. It. They're not gonna buy it the first time, so there is gonna be no uh, resale. You know, so that's pretty good. I mean, that's that's my opinion. I should have. But I, I I got old enough in my life to realize that just because I got an opinion, don't make me right. <laughs> <laughs> What I should have did was the hundred top things about coyote trapping and watched you try to come up with something about 70. No, I would have come up with probably about maybe <laughs> three more. <laughs> okay, secret. Next. And, 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 I already, and I already lied because my first thing about coyote trapping is if you're coyote trapping, coyote trap somewhere where there's a lot of coyotes. <laughs> that would be number one on the list. That's a good point. Absolutely. So... All right, go ahead. So the next question, secret to targeting otters. Not just catching an otter accidentally, but targeting an otter. What's the, what do you, what pops in your head first? Blocking down water. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. I guess with me, these are way more complicated questions than just. You know, I mean, are, are you talking otters that you you know you just you know the otters are fifteen dollars and they go to a hundred and then you're beating on them otters? Or are you talking about otters that are like, uh, you know, four years of two hundred dollars? You know, I mean, there is a difference between the otters. Four years and two hundred dollars. Because I know that's, that's going to change my, your mindset. You know. Uh, you know, more going with footholds and, you know, um, you know, you know, like in the bottom of a riffle, you know, something like that, you know, uh, using the, you know, the footholds to, you know, because they, they, they get scared of the spots. So, you know, I mean, you're going to have to move around spots more. So I would say, if I had to choose one thing, I'd say use, uh, you know, use footholds more. Than what you would if you're just trapping potters have been fifteen dollars for five years, where they they don't want to know really, you know, I've been beat on. Yeah, I think I actually think that's great advice. Yeah, that's why we have on you here. You're so smart. <laughs> Definitely not smart. <tomorrow. laughs> I can. Tell you. I just been. I've done this for so long that even a blind, a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Coolest thing that has ever happened trapping with your grandkids? Uh, I would say it would be different for both of them because they generally don't they don't go together. You know, I they got especially if you're checking, you have to keep an eye on. Especially used to be Aubrey now Mason uh, with Aubrey. Oh, weasel trapping because she loves doing it so much. Um, you know, and uh, you know, like I, I saved the skull off of uh, the first weasel me and her ever caught together, and I just gave it to her the other day, and uh, she was almost in tears. She loved it so much. Now, not many eight-year-old girls care about uh, a weasel skull. <laughs> I mean, this is a weasel skull that's restored. This is where I cut the head off and dried it. You know, like one of the 
headhunters that shrink the head. Mm-hmm. That's what this said. Oh, and she's just looking at it and touching it and loving it. <laughs> you know she'll be taken out to school for show and tell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, though with Mason, you know, the coolest thing with him trapping is um, this This season on F&T, uh, he'll be on there. And, uh, you know, me and him, uh, you know, checking traps together. And, um, you know, he, just that he'll be on the show with me this year. You know, because someday that he'll be able to look, I'll be dead and gone. And, uh, you know, he'll be able to look, you know, back at that. And he won't remember now at three and a half. Um, but, you know, he'll have that memory because of that so mm-hmm. i would say that you know thanks to ralph and sean for letting me do that that uh that'll, that'll be the coolest memory that i have the good people from f and t you were talking about earlier spectacular spectacular <laughs> yeah. okay well, they've been good to me. well yeah they if you're good that's the thing if you're good to them they're good to you know they're good to you back go yeah. well Okay, the two best memories trapping with your dad. Um, one will be kind of kind of weird um, because you would think it would be traumatic, but for some reason, uh, it, it's one of my fondest memories. <clears throat> it was uh, it was about. I'm guessing I was maybe Aubrey's age, you know, maybe maybe seven years old. She's eight, but say seven. And uh, I remember going with uh, Gerald Hauser was going in front of him, and my dad was walking across the ice. This was in southern Michigan. And I, like I said, I was like six, seven years old. And uh, they were in front of me, and I remember I went through the ice, and I remember going through. Next thing I knew, uh, my dad's arm was down there pulling me out. And... Uh, they had to go check, keep checking the muskrat traps. So they drug me up and my dad had a uh, 70-some Bronco. And uh, he put me up there and I was drinking, uh, you know, a grape uh, Fago or something. <laughs> I don't even remember, it was a grape pop and, you know, eating potato chips or something. And, uh, you know, I just, I was sitting up there, my, you know, sitting there in my underwear, uh, drinking grape pop and eating chips. And I was watching them out there and I just, I remember thinking, this is awesome. You know? <laughs> That is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, you know, and then uh, the other memory I got of my dad, um, it wasn't that he was there. It was uh, I was watching an F and T show and had one of my episodes on, and I was watching it, and uh, I didn't realize it, but that when I it was a coyote that caught on Thanksgiving Day that we recorded, and uh, when I that was the last time I ever talked to my dad. And I, I remember that it, it really hit me hard. And then uh, that same episode, they had a bobcat on, and I caught that bobcat, and it was a, a I had to release it, and I released it. And uh, when I released the cat, I remade the set. And when I went home, uh, like two hours later, my mom uh, called and told me my dad had passed away. Mm. And uh, so. You know, watching that footage, you know, I went back there that night and I had to go, I had to run all my traps after dark, um, you know, to get, I had to spring, I just sprung everything and left them right in the field. And then uh, I had to fly up to Alaska with my brother, you know, to, you know, be with the family and stuff. So, but you know, watching them two things, the the Coyote, I I always have that on film where that was the last, because I called my dad, he told me about that spot and I went there 
and set that spot because he told me about it. And I, and I called him and told him how much I appreciated it. And he was so happy that I caught a coyote at that spot where he used the trap. Because I would send him maps up there, and uh, he would, you know, mark on the maps. Me and him would go over the maps, and, uh, you know, he would tell me, this, this, you go check out this spot, check out that spot. I forgot to tell you about this. You know, it, it gave us a connection on everything. And I mm-hmm. enjoyed just, you know, what, he would get so excited. But, you know, this spot I called when I called him specifically, on Thanksgiving to tell him Happy Thanksgiving and hey, you know, we got this Cayute and you know, Kayla was with me that day. So, you know, that would say that's one of my even though he wasn't physically there, that was that that probably is one of my best memories. I can see that, yeah. Mine with my dad, because he never trapped. And I I don't remember him ever hunting either. We fished a lot, but we didn't hunt. And uh, I guess I was thirty and he would have been somewhere around 55, and we were doing that BMP study for the raccoon traps. We were using number 11s, and these really underpowered one and a half, our one, number one coals that wouldn't hold a coon from uh, Victor. And we had the guy with us, which was from TWRA, and he was kind of like the referee to write everything down, and, and Dad went with us, and we went to this island out in the middle of the river, and I tell you what, Jeff, he could find a squirrel track, a mouse track, he found a mink track, beaver tracks, coyote tracks, fox tracks, but my dad could not find a coon track for like an hour. They were everywhere. His brain just didn't see them. And then when he did finally, his brain figured out what he was looking for and he started finding them, it was like he was a kid again. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that's the natural instinct taking over. Yeah, I, I think so. Okay, next question. What fires you up the most when you when you're thinking of a great mink location? Uh, coming back and finding the mink. You know, thinking about finding <laughs> the mink. <laughs> okay, a little bit more about the actual geographic location. Uh, you know, I mean, I, 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 I run a, would run a lot of pocket sets, um, but I, I, where I love is I love uh, blind setting them. You know, I mean, that's my favorite. Um, you know, and the thing is, is, you know, and figuring it out, you know, where, how do you, where to use a drag. So, like, you find an undercut bank with, like, an uh, old uh, root system that's, you know, hanging over into the water, and you got that gap behind it, and, uh, you know, exactly where to set block it down you know you want to use a drag there or definitely a zip line going out you know so that the coon didn't just you know come trailing through there and get caught and chew everything up you know i mean that that would in, in my mind's eye if i'm going to go do a mink set it's going to be that or a really really flashy muddy uh pocket set you know those are those are the two if i had to pick two that was my you know that i love the most those would be the two that's cool See, this is much more fun without you knowing the questions. So I told yep. you, you had to be nimble when we did this today. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> okay, next question. Why do you use drags on coyotes sometimes? Uh, two different, you know, I mean, there's, there can be a multiple reasons. The two major reasons that I personally use drags, and I think most other people, is... uh. 
Number one, uh, to get it off your set so it doesn't, you know, leave a burn circle there. Especially like if you've got a good trail where you, you know, with tall weeds, you got like one little trail going down like where an old two track used to be. You can just picture that one side's all grown up. It's got the one side where it's the perfect trail. Thing is, you don't want to catch a coyote or a cat or a coon or a skunk or whatever and have them do a burn circle there. Then it's messed up. It doesn't look the same. So I want them to get caught and get off of there. Um, you know, for a fast remake and the spot isn't ruined. Um, the other spot reason is, is uh, you know, to get a, if you have a good location, especially like trapping, you know, hypothetically say state or federal land, you know, you got a good location where the coyotes are coming through, but if you, you pound down two traps there with uh, wolf fangs on them, uh, you know, and catch them right there in the road, they're got some of best case scenario, they come along and did target practice on them. Worst case scenario, they steal everything. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but if you've got them in a drag, it gives the opportunity to get off the road. And uh, and, and plus, uh, you know, it's a lot funner to throw that drag out there than uh, 27 hits on the, you know, on the driver trying to drive in a Especially thing, you know? when you get frozen ground up there, I bet. It, you know, in the winter, I've went, you know, more and more to drags, especially in, like in the winter time. I mean, there's some spots, you know, like if you're setting, if I'm setting out on the lake, I'm not going to use the drag generally out on the lake because, I mean, like, uh, I'm thinking of one, uh, you know, where we, me and you went down to that one boat launch. I mean, if that was froze, can you imagine them just, you know, on a drag? They could be seven miles down yeah, there. Yeah. You, you know, but those would be the two reasons, uh, hide your catch and, you know, preserve set location in a nutshell. I wonder if there'd be a way to make a drag for ice. I wonder... It would just have to be heavy for it to work, wouldn't it? I mean... Yeah, but, uh, you know... I would imagine that, you know, it would have to be really heavy because it'd have to bite into that ice. But, uh, you know, I just... I just drive the wolf things, you know, right through that ice, you know, with a, you know, 332nd or 18th cable on there and, you know, holds them right in place. So, I you ain't got to go looking for them on that. I mean, if you had a bunch of ice fishermen out there fishing, you know, you're not going to use a direct, you'd be able to set that anyways, because, I mean, if you held them there, they're going to steal it. If you, if, uh, you know, it's on a drag and it runs past their ice shanties, they're going to gun it down, because they're just sitting there bored anyways. Right, mm-hmm. I catch them. To change the subject, I learned something the other day that blew my mind. Tim Caven actually makes boat drags. Did you know that? Boat drags? Yeah, apparently they're like the best boat drags that you can get for a river in the country. Is that like an anchor? Yeah, an anchor. An anchor. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow he's figured, figured out that he can put this thing out. It, it's got like a like a coyote drag, from what I understand. On the phone. I'm going to order one. Uh, I don't know how exactly. I just I guess I'll just call up Jeff or Tim and, and ask him. But when you pull up on a rope, it releases the tines that go into the mud, and it just comes loose. I didn't even hear anything about him making uh, making uh, boat 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 drag anchors. Yeah. So I mean, I that, I mean, that has nothing to do with anything, but that was that's impressive. Huh. Okay. 
next question. You ready? What is the okay. what is the formula for Hellfire? One cup of love. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you was gonna say next question. No, one cup of love. <laughs> okay, if you were going to trap Bigfoot, how would you go about it? Um I seen a documentary on TV. It was uh some people call them commercials, but I've seen that they like um, this one kind of jerky, so I'd probably use that as bait. <laughs> and what type of trap? Uh, uh, probably RBG. He's got kind of a roundish foot, and it was bitten one of Nick's traps, so I'd probably go with that. Okay. I thought you was going to say that, that really big MB trap, that 12 by 16 thing. Yeah, we could do that, too. <laughs> Either one. Okay, next next, next question. Explain the flaming gay, lesbian, transgendered Q cat set in detail. Uh, it, the, te the, the technical name is the flaming Tom set. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> Because uh, it's more geared towards, you know, like flaming toms. But, you know, like if you had like a bull dyke uh, bobcat, then I'd probably catch that one too, coming into play. <laughs> um, but uh, just, you know, it's got like uh, rainbow feathers on it, throw it all over it. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, that's got like a, like a rainbow coalition flag or whatever, you know, flying behind it. Yeah, it's all they had at the. Uh, at the store, I think it was Joanne Fabrics where I bought them. That's the only feathers they had. So uh, Haggerty asked me, he says, uh, what, are you, what, what are you going to use the feathers for? He said, they're, you know, like really flashy feathers. I says, uh, if any gay bobcats come through here, I said, I'm going to catch them. <laughs> and uh, I said, I'm going to call this the Flamin' Thompson. <laughs> and so he's over there making a Cayuse set, which he did catch a Cayuse in. And, uh, he comes back and he's seen this and he says, you weren't shit. And he says, that is, if there was ever a flaming top set, <laughs> Now, uh, is that video on YouTube so people can go see that? Uh, I think it was on Facebook, on live. I think I think it was on uh, Haggerty's thing on uh, the live. Oh, okay. You have to scroll back on, you know, he doesn't put up tons of content so you can scroll back on uh, J3 Outdoors scroll down I think it's on Haggerty's thing now are you going to show the, the Flaming Tom set at the school or the, the a demo at the, our convention oh yeah okay. yep. Yep. Uh, I wouldn't have it any other way <laughs> <laughs> alrighty next question what are three mistakes you see beginners tra beginning trappers make um, trying to think. Uh, you know, uh, I would say get, uh, you know, get too serious about it. You know, I mean, if you go out there too serious, if you're too stiff, 
things are, you know, and you want it to happen. You know, I mean, you can, I want it to happen. I want it to get out there and do it. But the thing is, is, uh, you know, if you're more loose and just having fun, you know, it's going to happen a lot easier. And I think mm-hmm. people get too, too serious about it. You know, and I think if they're just go out there just just having fun all the time, I, I think it. You know, I think they just get too serious. So, Not all of them, you know, but I think you know that's part of it. So you're thinking almost uh, the stink of desperation of a catch is just going to stink up the set. Yep. Well, I <laughs> I just think you know I just think if you uh, you know you're out there having fun and uh, positive, you know, kind of feeds positive, you know. And, um, I mean, there's other things that people make, you know, I mean, they, you know, a beginning person, you know, they'll go and they'll set, set a trap. They'll go, you know, and they'll go back and, uh, tomorrow, you know, they're, they'll lure and bait it when they set it. They ain't got nothing tomorrow. So they go back and they rebate and relure tomorrow. And then they go back the next day, you know, and I mean, yeah, selling baits and lures, you know, I mean, is that the best bet for us? Yeah. You know, in the short term, yes. But my thing is, is you know I'd rather have I'd rather help them and tell them you know this ain't the way you do it. You go in there and bait it and lure it, unless that set gets washed out, you just let it ride. And if you got to fix it up a little bit, you just let it ride. You know because you keep going up doing that. My thing is I would rather help that person you know be successful and uh, you know use one tenth of the bait and lure because if they're successful, you know it's going to benefit me. It's going to benefit uh, you. It's going to benefit you know the national trappers if he joins. You know, it's a whole list of things. You know, so mm-hmm. I just I, I just think making people successful, they're going to stick with us a lot longer. If they come in and they're a failure, you know, nobody likes to go out there and get beat on. You go up, you know, I know I talk to some guys that go out, you know, and they you know try trapping and stuff, and you know they didn't catch a coyote for a full season. I don't know if their season was a week or you know they're, they're saying I didn't catch one last season. I don't know if that was three days or you know five months. But, uh, you know, I mean, most people aren't, don't have to stick to it anymore to stick with it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if they're successful, they'll stick with it a lot longer, in my opinion. And I think a lot, what goes along with that, though, Jeff, is especially on some of the high-powered lures that you can get from certain guys, if you use too much, you make it too hot. You make the yeah. stuff too hot. Yeah. If I'm using like Hellfire early, you know, I mean, I'm going to go and just put a little bit, you know, down the hole. I'll put, you know, more up up behind the set so it's blowing across the set. But a lot of times if I'm going to use it early, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to make a post set with maybe like a four-inch post above the ground. And I'm going to find a spot to kind of tuck it back in a little bit and uh, and have that wind blowing off of it. And I'm going to set, I would set back off of it. You know, I'm not going to set right up on it. So even if... Even if he's interested and walks up to it, you know, I mean, he ain't got to be, you know, six inches away to catch him. You know, I mean, it, you know, maybe 12 inches, even maybe a little bit more. Okay. But I use that, and I even use that set later on, you know, with, uh, you know, playing lure or whatever. I'll use, I, I like that. I like a post set. And I don't like it, like you're talking about, like a two or three inch or three, four inch, you know, log and, you know, and, you know, 10 inches taken out of the ground. I like them shorter. Um, you know, like maybe if you took three pencils and put them together, mm-hmm. you know, and then stuck it in the ground, like, you know, if it was stuck in the ground just to stay upright, like that size post. Yeah, I get it. So you, you got one more. Uh, uh, I think one thing that 
you know, that not just beginner trappers, a lot of trappers, they overlook the fruit trees early on, that they're, they're setting locations, you know, that them coyotes may be working sometimes or it'll be better later on. And the trappers aren't realizing that, uh, you know, the coyotes eat how much apples and uh, cherries and, you know, uh, you know, run down the list of whatever fruits in your area. I got, I'm sitting here looking at three apple trees with apples and, uh, you know, I mean, them coyotes will be eating them. But I think here, you know, like uh, our season doesn't talk October 15th for coyotes, but October 15th, I'll be keying off them, them trees, you know, Oh, and when them coyotes switch off them, then it's dead. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they'll still check them out, but, uh, you know, but early on in like the end of August or September, when them, something happens with them apples, which I'm not an ap- appleologist, but uh, something happens with them where them coyotes will really start eating them. If you find coyote uh, crap, it's going to be full of fruit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, if you get a trapper, you know, went by the apple trees and started looking for tracks and stuff. And if there's tracks there or he finds some scat, set it up. You know, I mean, they they went through there. They're going to come back. Mm-hmm. That's might good not advice. Be for, might, might not be for three weeks, but <laughs> they'll be back. Especially where you live. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What do you do different today or what do you think is important today or not as important where you would have thought very differently about it, say, 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. To get uh, get kids involved, especially the grand- my grandkids, but, uh, you know, other kids. You know, 20 years ago, you know, being honest about it, I was only, con- you know, I was just, I was just all trying to survive. Um, I never, ever you know, um, thought about, you know, trying to have money ahead or nothing like that. Um, I, 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 honest to God, when I come back from Louisiana, I would think, at least I made it through that time period. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would think, you know? <laughs> and uh, I was just trying to survive and do what I wanted to do. You know, I mean, and I, you know, I got, you know, I mean, it ain't like uh, I got a million options out there. I mean, this is what I was raised to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, but I, you know, so I was only concerned about myself because I mean, when you're in survival mode, I mean, that's you know, you know, I was worried about me and my kids, and uh, you know, but uh, I got, you know, I just think that uh, I'm more concerned with uh, you know, getting kids involved in trapping, um, supporting them, maybe giving them a bottle of lure, just to you know, let them know somebody cares, you know, that you're, you know, maybe a hundred, you give away a hundred things. You know, we only, you know, if you end up with one or two or three that actually ever do it, at least the other ones aren't our enemies, you know, so. Right, right. You know, but uh, it, it matters to me that, uh, you know, my grandkids, my daughter traps, Mitchell traps, it, it matters to me that my grandkids will trap, you know. Mm-hmm. And actually, actually, I think if one of them didn't trap, I think it would be Aubrey that would be the, would be the, uh, the run and gun killer, so. <laughs> I think a lot of that just has to do with as we get older, we, our perspective of the things change. It does. Yeah. No. Okay, next question. Are you still scared of the MB750s? Every time I saw one. <laughs> <laughs> You're still not getting more comfortable with them? 
Well, so I can figure out a way not to stick my fingers inside the jaws to pull the pan up. It's like, uh, you know, pulling a pin on a hand grenade. <laughs> Sometimes you're not out. You know, that's how I feel. But seeing, <laughs> I, did I tell you about that I got caught in one of them after Haggerty? No. I was over here, but I set this on the tailgate, and I'm there with this landowner. He's got 3,000 acres. All I got to do is I got to catch these beaver out of this place, and I get the 3,000 acres of trap. So I go there, and I've got the trap set on the back of the truck, and pull the trap and this, you know, the drowning rig out there. I go, I, this trap goes off, and I got this 750 by the one of the levers. If they they have enough power, a TS85 I never had to do it, but that 750 had enough. It threw my thumb when it went and pushed my hand forward, and my thumb went right in that damn trap. Mm. And I'm standing there, and I got a glove on, and I'm waiting for the blood to start pouring out the end of my glove. And uh, the landowner says, did you catch yourself? And I'm like, yeah, I did. No big deal. It happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I went down in the road and let myself out. So I go down there. The whole time I'm like, oh, my God, I'm glad I did. I, I, I thought to myself while I was making a set, I'm really glad I didn't scream in front of that guy. <laughs> like I seen a spider or something. <laughs> Well, next year I'll probably ask you that same question. <laughs> You'll get the, you might as well just uh, answer it yourself because I will tell you they're a hell of a trap, though. I will say that I, I really do like them. If I didn't like them so much, I wouldn't use them to scare the shit out of me. So. <laughs> okay, the next question is selfish on my point, and I've already asked you this, but I, I don't I don't quite understand the whole thing. How, how did you how did you used to catch minnows when you were doing that commercially? Um, there was different ways we did it, which uh, I will say I'm glad to be done with that. Um, but uh, we were on like in Lake Huron or up to Lake Superior, or when some once in a while over to Lake Michigan, we'd have 125 foot nets. Um, you know, and like this, like today, you know, I would have been out on Lake Huron running down the beach, um, you know, like me and my brother. And, uh, you know, I would uh, have the 125-foot net. It'd all be on a braille. The braille, a braille is the sticks at the end of the, the same. And I would have the 125-foot net on the end of that, and he, he would have the other end. And the reason you ball it all up on the end is because when you find the minnows, if you got to try and run them, cut them off, you got all that net, and you're letting it out. You know, instead of trying to drag 125 foot of net, you're just carrying it on the end of that barrel and can move quicker. Mm -hmm. So, so you'd get up and cut them off and make a circle, and the other person would be going in towards the shore. You'd like meet, so you'd have a big circle. And what I would do is my brother would stand there, and I would work on the, that around. And what you're doing is making like a spiral, and you're tightening that loop down on them. And then uh, he get on one side of the net, and I get on the other, and you just pull it the bottom in real quick, and then lift them up. You know, that's how we did it on the big lake. On the inland, uh, out in Minnesota, they got different traps. They got clover leaf traps. And, uh, you know, we didn't use them here. Um, we used uh, more of a box style trap with a funnel uh, on the bottom side and the top so other side. So they weren't straight across. So, you know, they couldn't swim in one side and they just swim right out the other. So you had to, you know, stagger it. We made those ourselves. You know, like glass trap minnows out of. Uh, you know, out of the rivers and stuff. Basically, you know, you're trying to catch something. You're catching something, 
that's very delicate and the warmer it gets the more delicate it is and you're trying to get it into a bait shop's hand and have them sell it before it dies you know because mm. if it dies then they want you to replace it or they're going to quit you basically when i was doing that my phone never rang that there wasn't a problem you know mm. very seldom and uh, I've heard you say that with your when you had your pool business. Mm-hmm. If the phone rang, you know it was a problem. So you know exactly, you know, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, basically, if there was a way to kill a minnow, I killed them. <laughs> you know, I mean, leeches, there's nothing that smells worse than a five-gallon bucket of dead rotted leeches. I mean, they, they stink bad. So when you you're using when you say clover leaf, like the thing when you were down at my house, it was just a smaller version of that. No, way bigger. But the the little fin things that go in must be smaller. Uh, th- these are made out of uh, the ones I seen were made out of wire, and they uh, got like uh, funnels, you know, that kind of go in on an angle. Okay. And uh, I think there's three of them. I never I never even saw one before. Um, guy my dad used to trap with uh, years ago, um, Jim Jewell. A lot of guys out to Minnesota know him from Long Prairie. And uh, awesome fox trapper. And uh, he got us doing the leeches and stuff. And when we went out there, we incorporated some of the what they did out there with what we did here. Some of it wouldn't work because we didn't have the amount of, uh, you know, forage fish that they have out there as far as, uh, like, fat heads and, you know, stuff like that. So... We had to use bait where they don't even put bait in the traps a lot of times. They just, you know, the school swims by and it's so big, you know, the traps fill up. Hmm. So, hmm. Okay. Okay. What What's three things that you can give advice for someone for the first time they go out of state? be to figure out what you're doing if you're going to a southern state trapping beaver um, take a freezers with you I would still take one if you went out west but generally like if you're going land trapping out west or something in the evenings you know a lot of times you can just put the fur up and it's better to do that you can take a freezer but sometimes you might be staying at a ranch where uh, there ain't no power you mm-hmm. know so you better take something to put at least take a few boards and stuff put it up if you're going down south and you're from the north you don't understand the humidity down there, um, and you're not set up for it, because you could scrape a beaver today, and then by the end of the day, it looks like it's fully dried. It gets that hum- that humidity or the rain or whatever, and you know it looks dry today, and tomorrow it's back wet and mildew. You know, so you know if you're going down south, uh, take a freezer. If you're going out west, I would take one, but you know, take some boards with you to put stuff up. Okay. Um, You know, if you're going out of state, uh, you know, figure out where you're, you know, kind of where you're going to go. Um, you know, it's like, with, I, would, I would say, if you don't know where you're going to go, just go. You know, I mean, you, you want an adventure, that's why you're going. I mean, let's not be politically correct. Just get in the truck. If you get in the map and you look, say, I don't know, you know what, just set your, just go and set your GPS 
to say Louisiana. And wherever that son of a gun takes you, you just go there and you start setting traps. You figure it out. That's what I did and it worked out great. Yeah, so. I like that, yeah. Because yeah. I, uh, I think a I lot mean, of I think a lot of people when they're going out of state they think they have to know all the answers before they go and you never have all the information so you're never going to have all the answers. No, no. You know, I mean if I was going otter trapping I would go, you know, the first thing if I was going otter trapping Louisiana this year what I would do is I would call around down there and I would uh, start asking you know, are you guys water low? You know, or is there, you know, been a lot of rain? And it, I would decide because if their water was real low, what I would do is I would go and I would look for the big, the biggest bunch of water to where the biggest bodies of water is. Because the otters are gonna, not, they, they can't cut across land, but they generally are in the water and they're going to be bunched up on them big bodies of water. Mm. So that's why we, you know, so I mean, I would make plans like you like that, but, uh, you know, I mean, as far as not having a place to stay, so you what, you take your time, you stay in it for a few nights, and you you know round something up. You know, I mean, you go you go you go to, down there and you you know just start setting traps and catch four or five beaver, and then go up to like uh, you know some place they're selling crawfish and sit there and just eat your crawfish slowly with the beavers on the tailgate. Somebody's gonna come up and talk to you. Yeah, I guarantee you. Yeah, you know, that is true. Yeah. And cover up your Yankee plates until they see the beaver. <laughs> <laughs> okay, th this one's going to be, I'm curious to see what you say on this one. Do you ever get burned out trapping? If so, what do you do? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, just like anybody else, I mean, you have a bad day. Um, you know, you get trapped stolen and, you know, you're burned out. I don't know. I've been lucky in my life where I'll bet you I've quit trapping on the line. I'll bet you probably three, four hundred times. I, you know, my thing is, is I'm like, I'm going to quit. I'm sick of this crap. I'm not going to do it no more. It, but the thing is, is that why I'm quitting? I'm just going to the next set. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, generally, I don't know why, but uh, I've always been blessed in my life. Like if I had a bad day today and I wanted to quit and tomorrow was, a, I would be a little bit, you know, maybe not as uh, down in the dumps tomorrow, but uh, you know, cause it like gets in your head. And the thing is, but or it's worked good for me was like, I would be real bad today. Tomorrow I might be bad or somewhat bad, but the next day and after that for a long period of time, quite a period of time, it's like I, 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 it like drives me. You know, I need like that. I need like that two bad days where I want to quit. Mm -hmm. You know, when I come off the other side, I'm going way better than what I was before that. I don't know why that is. You know. Well, uh, I'm I'm talking more like not not just having a bad day, but like you go to Louisiana, you kill yourself for forty days, physically and mentally, you get burnt out. Yeah. I mean that that's what I'm referring to. Or you know, you're 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 trapping every day at home for three months. Maybe you never get burned out, I don't know. No, no, I I got one one year specifically down there in Louisiana, I got burned out. Um I wasn't used to going to the conventions and stuff and uh normally like, you know, like uh people that aren't in this full industry, you know, people that just either you know, the you know, if they trap for money or they trap for sport or, you know, I, I, you know, I only care that somebody enjoys going trapping. I don't care why they do it. 
I don't get wrapped up in their their reasons. I don't know why they married their wife, and I don't get out to them about that either. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care. You know, but the thing is, um, you know, as far as you know, like with that, it's like uh, I don't even know where I'm going with it. <laughs> Your questions got me on that. <laughs> One of, I'll tell you what, I'll let you do this to me one of these days. How about that? <laughs> yeah, but you, don't, you won't want to answer my question. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fair is fair. Hey, I've done no. one of these with my wife. I can handle you. Hey, I remember that. I remember that one. I'd have been scared if I was you. <laughs> I was a little <laughs> bit nervous. I think I peed once or twice, but I got through it. But uh, like I was saying about going night down there, you know, I got burned out that that year. Um, you know, but like I was saying, the people that don't go to the conventions all the time, they, they wouldn't understand. But normally, you know, because they get recharged and ready to go, because they're not, you know, they're going fishing, they're going doing this, picking morel mushrooms, doing all this. You know, like in our lives, it's all you know, you're going right out of trapping season, going into conventions, and you're talking. You know, it, it helps to have that downtime mm-hmm. to build that fire going into the fall. But the thing is, is when you're talking about it all summer long, you know, it's, it's a little bit different. You know, you got to, the first year I didn't understand about, you know, that you can't, you got to build that fire on your own, you know, even though you're still doing the exact same, you know, you're still talking about it, you know, and, uh, and I got caught down in Louisiana and I did, I got burned out. It was, uh, you know, uh, like 400 some people I caught by myself and hauled them up the banks and there were a hundred and some otter. And, you know, I mean, it just physically was demanding. It wore me mentally out. Um, you know, I mean, I was, I would say that that was probably the most uh, mentally and physically beat up I'd ever been. Yeah, Cause I mean, I know down in Texas several times after like 70 days, I would just be it was like Groundhog Day. Well, it was just hard to get up for even catching, you know, have a great day catch, and you're just like, oh, good God, now we got to go skin this, you know. But well, it, it helps, you know, if you got, you know, like when my dad was down there with me that year, yeah, you know, I mean, he couldn't walk, but it was nice having somebody, you know, I wouldn't say he was cheerful, but, you know, they, I would say probably the opposite of that, you know. I can't believe when I used to trap and I could walk good, I'd get up at five o'clock in the morning. We're not even leaving till seven. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's because I've been trying to get you in the truck for the last 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like having... Well, you, you, you've seen down to Arkansas how uh, good or bad influence could be on people because when me and Haggerty got down there, we were going to, to Arkansas just to hang out with these guys and have fun. And, uh, at first, when me and Haggerty get down there, you know, Chip and Carl, they're getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning and running their traps and all this. Me and Haggerty get down there, and we're getting up at, you know, 8.30, even, <laughs> even there like at 9.30. <laughs> they were calling me. They were laughing at us saying Yankee time. You know what? It, only, it, it took a week. But we finally got them to leave when we were leaving. <laughs> there you go. They didn't. They never got us up early, but we kept them in in, uh, in there drinking coffee and talking. Uh, yeah. You know, so I mean, you know, I don't know. I think we were a good influence on them guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they were running way too hard. And we may have saved their lives. 
probably yeah like when i have a bad day you can ask norm or albert or anybody that's been or like we have a bad week uh-huh. all my the only the only answer i've always got is to set more traps and when everybody else is getting down because we're having a rough time, I, I like I don't like turn into drill sergeant mode. You know, I don't want to hear. Okay, if if you're not having any catches, well then you got plenty of time to set traps. Quit bitching yep. and go set traps. Yeah, and that's, a lot of people that don't work very well. <laughs> well. That's how I was taught. I was, you know, I was taught it doesn't matter what happens throughout the day. At the end of the day, you put new sets in, mm-hmm. and you just keep doing that. Okay, now this is a serious question. <laughs> who would win in a <laughs> Who would win in a fist fight between Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock? Uh, well, The Rock The Rock did take out Jason Jason Statham, so I would have to go with The Rock. Mm. I think they, uh, I don't know. I, I would say I enjoy The Rock's movies, so I would, you know, more than his. So I, I, even though I do like Stone Cold, you know, but uh, I don't know. It might be a draw. You know, maybe they both, like, you know, choke each other out. <laughs> I don't. I don't really know. I just think Stone. I just think Steve Austin would out redneck him in a fight. Yeah, I believe. I mean, I could see where. You know, I thought you meant like a like a you know gentleman's fight. No, no, real, I'm talking about a real one. I could see like Steve Austin biting off his ear, poking his <laughs> eye out. Hey, fighting's fighting. Like twenty dollars is twenty dollars, man. Nothing. Nothing would be more scarier than Steve Austin said, "Yeah, after I knock you out." I'm going to make love to you. <laughs> that would be pretty scary. Then he'd have to run down the rock. Yeah. Or, or maybe not. Who knows? Maybe not. Well, never can tell these days. Okay, the last two questions are actually pretty easy. What are your thoughts on four coals or two coals predator trapping? Oh, I only use two coils. The only uh, four coil traps I got are... Uh, them Duke Square Jaws, but they were, you know, not a tight four, so it was basically like a, a hard two, you know. Um, but uh, I just use two coils. Um, I use wax dirt, so my traps ain't generally getting frozen. So, you know, I mean, that's what they were designed for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't, I, another thing is, uh, I don't want to set four coil traps all day long. I just don't want to. Right. Because, I mean, I, I'm doing this, you know, uh, you know, for if it's for predator control, or you know, uh, you know, or going out trapping for hide money or whatever, um, you know, I'm doing it. I'm, I, I do this because I like it. Yeah, I mean, is it always fun out there? Not every second, but uh, you know, I, I, I do love it. But uh, I do not love uh, setting four coil traps. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, uh, I, you know, you get like the MB five fifty and uh, you know Kendall's trap, and I mean them traps are strong i mean you know you, they don't have need to be four one right I mean, if, somebody, if somebody's in the self-torture hey knock yourself out i don't i don't care what anybody uses i you know i'm just you know for me if 
four coils ain't, ain't, ain't the way to go. Okay, and what are your thoughts on chain length? On, on drags? Uh, no, just on traps. <laughs> Do you like short or long? <laughs> I knew what you meant. I was trying to get out of it. Um. <laughs> It can't be that, that big of a I, I like like it. I, I use like a stock chain. You know, generally what comes on the trap. Um, you know, I might even put, uh, you know, we wouldn't put, uh, you know, made sure that put an extra swivel in. Um, you know, just because that grass, the bottom, you know, if you put a little bit more chain and another swivel on it, you know, if you're trapping around a lot of grass and like farm ground and stuff. You know, that really wraps up that bottom one. It can start wrapping up into the, you know, the, the, you know, the chain if you don't have that, that you know, two. So I'll have that, and then, uh, you know, then I'll have um, off of that. I usually have like 18 inch, you know, either chain or, uh, you know, three thirty second wool fangs. You know, here sometimes if, uh, you know, if we're in the clay ground, we could get away with twelve. You know, but. Uh, you know, I always do them eight, probably usually around 18, because if you get a little bit uh, softer soil, you know, they'll hold better. Because mm-hmm. as you, you know, as you can imagine, it'd be a horrible thing to see your, you know, threat your coyote in your trap running across the field, you know, gotten loops. That, that would be a terrible feeling. So that's why I make sure mine are, you know, anchored in good. You're just being mean to a friend of ours right now. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as as a psychiatrist, I do believe that I'm actually talking to a trapper. So you pass. Well, I'm good. Well, before we close, uh, we, so we're out of, we're, we're we're all done with the questions. Yeah, we're done with the questions. Uh, My mind was still thinking about the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just thought it would be interesting because you know it, it's a different. It's a different, different way. We've done several podcasts, and it makes you think, yeah. and you, you don't know where it's coming from. I don't know. I just thought it'd no. be kind of torturous. Yeah, my hands are sweating. <laughs> well, before we leave, uh, we've got. I think. I think we got four spots left in the second class in uh, September. And we have our convention that's coming up right after that. And you said there's been some people talking about coming from Minnesota and all over the place. I'm pretty excited. Yep, about uh, yep I'm pretty excited. Uh, yeah, Dan Stout, uh, guy up to Minnesota, I know, uh, real good guy. Catches a lot of beaver and stuff. And his whole crew, he said they're coming down, looking forward to coming. Um, Dave Birch from Wisconsin said he's coming down. Lily, I got Lily and Dave are going to do a demo down there. Um, you know, that'd be really good. Um, you know, so, you know, I mean, there's other ones. So if you've got a hold of me, said you're coming, I didn't mention your name. It's nothing personal. Just, uh, my mind's shot for one day. <laughs> Wait, I, 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 got, I got waxed dirt brain, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Well, I'll let you go, but stay on well, the phone. Well, I, I, I just want to say one thing. Uh, if you're a tailgater and interested in coming to the convention, you know, get a hold of us because we got, you know, spot for tailgaters. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody loves to see lots of tailgaters with, 
you know, use traps and, you know, all the paraphernalia stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, anyways, appreciate everybody out there. Have a good day. All right. Stay on the phone, though, man. I'm going I'm to shut the show down. Okay. All right. Bye.